In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's epistle ends with what is the goal of the Christian life. Quote, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. The epistle consists of a few opening verses of St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. But this one verse captures the essence of the entire epistle of 16 chapters. Whatever else St. Paul has to say in this letter to the Corinthians, the goal is that they may be able to stand before our Lord when he comes and be welcomed and accepted by him. The coming of Christ is the completion of our baptism, the life that was planted in baptism, that is growing in us now to the life of prayer, will come to its mature form when our Lord appears and we are finally changed into his image and we enter into new life, new eternal life in God's new creation. Prayer always has these two points of reference. Reference back to baptism. We re-experience our baptism when we pray to the Father, to the Son, and the Spirit. The gift we receive there is is renewed. And it always looks forward to its completion, the time when Christ comes, that work of the Spirit is finished. Through disciplines of prayer, we reorient our lives towards their proper end. We both remember who we are in our baptism and point our lives towards their proper end and goal. We need disciplines of prayer to reorient us because we are so frequently disoriented by the urgencies and anxieties of life in this world. St. Peter walked on the Sea of Galilee when he kept his eyes on Jesus. When he lost his focus on Jesus and began to pay attention to the wind and the waves around him, he began to fall into the water and drown. We are given grace to live fruitful and redemptive lives when we keep our focus on Christ. We are overwhelmed by anxiety when our attention comes to be focused on the demands and uncertainties and dangers of life in this world. Anxiety lives at the opposite pole from faith. We are anxious because we do not yet fully trust God. God is bringing this creation to the completion that he intended for it in the beginning when he made the world. Despite all appearances to the contrary, Jesus is Lord and God is in control. God's omnipotence does not free us from physical pain, death, or temporal disappointment. Rather, it gives us the hope that if we keep our eyes on Christ, we will stand blameless before him on that day, and all these temporal things will give way to eternal things. As Revelation says, quote, God will wipe away all tears from their eyes, There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, 
nor crying, and there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. For some Christians, talking about the coming of Christ means guessing when he will come. They try to connect current events with Bible passages only to be proven wrong again with the passage of time. This errant focus distracts people from the genuine Christian vocation of prayer and service. We focus on the coming of Christ not because we have any idea when it will happen, but because the coming of Christ is the end, the completion, the goal towards which time and the creation are moving. We may all die before our Lord comes, just as everyone in the New Testament died, including St. Paul, who waited eagerly for our Lord to come. But his coming is still the thing towards which our lives are moving. And the living and the dead wait together for the coming of our Lord. Jesus comes to us now in our prayer, in the Eucharist, which is the church's central act of prayer, Jesus comes to us at the altar. He comes to us in a manner that anticipates his coming at the end of time. Consequently, the way we point our lives towards the coming of Jesus at the end is to receive him with faith when he comes to us now. An obsession with prophecy about the end of time does not help us prepare for the coming of Christ. Even if we were right about some sign in the world that, was pointed us to, that points us to the end, it would not make us any more ready to meet our Lord when he comes. The liturgy teaches us how to get ready. Repent of your sins. Receive Christ by faith. Be in love and charity with your neighbors. Begin to change and live in a new way. Do the good works that God has prepared for you to walk in. If we get ready for Jesus, if we're prepared to meet him, if we practice meeting him when he comes to us each week in the sacrament, we will be ready. We will stand blameless when he comes on that day in person. Today's gospel provides a warning about meeting Jesus now. The gospel describes a meeting between Jesus and the Pharisees. The Pharisees were waiting for the Messiah to come. Their system of belief, their prayers, and their teachings were all oriented towards hastening the day when the Messiah would come and save Israel. Yet, the Messiah was standing right in front of them. And they were arguing with him rather than receiving him by faith. They missed Jesus because they were caught up in the issues and urgencies of the political climate of first century Israel. And in their own plans to save the nation. But their plan was not God's plan. Consequently, when the Messiah stood in front of them, carrying out God's plan, they did not recognize him, and they did not see what he was doing. 
We can miss the presence of Jesus in our prayers and in our daily lives when we are too caught up in the anxieties of our time and the issues of our lives and in our own plans to fix them both. Like the Pharisees, we can talk about God but fail to recognize what God is doing. We can know about God but not see God. The Pharisees asked Jesus what was the greatest commandment in the law, and Jesus gave the answer that the Pharisees and everybody knew to be the right answer. Love God with all your heart and soul and mind. That's the first and great commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The Pharisees believed this to be the right answer. They believed this theology, but they did not love Jesus, who was the Son of God, and who was also, at that point, their neighbor, the one who was nigh unto them. In fact, the Pharisees helped to kill him. The command to love God and neighbor is more than the right answer to a test question. It is the way we prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ. If we orient our lives towards God in worship and prayer and love and devotion, and orient our lives towards others in love and service, we will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. It sounds like a simplistic answer to all the many problems in the world around us, but this is God's plan. As 1 Corinthians says, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We are getting ready for Christ to come. We are getting ready for the end or completion of the creation by practicing repentance and faith, by committing ourselves, ourselves to lives of prayer, and through the grace of prayer, we are learning to detach ourselves a little bit from the temporal urgencies and anxieties of our time. We are learning to see what God is doing, and we are learning to focus on what it means to love God with all our heart and soul and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves each day. As we wait for our Lord to come. As Philippians says, quote, our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, according to the power by which he is able to subject all things to himself. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.